Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Tampa Bay Buccaneers from the 48-yard line. Second down, 13. Brady lobs one downfield. Caught ball by Gronkowski. Inside the 20 to the 15-10. Gronkowski to the 5 to the 4-yard line. Holy Gronkowski. <laughs> Third down, 18. Dropping Gannon, looking Gannon, looking Gannon. Those up the middle. It's intercepted at the Derek 40. Brooks. Derek Brooks, 30. Brooks to the 25, 20. Derek Brooks all the way. There it is. The dagger's in. Yeah. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Super Bowl, baby. This is the big nasty. Yeah, big nasty Hall of Fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Back at you today for episode 185. We are live on YouTube. And uh, we'll be honest, it's been a while. It's been almost a month since we last talked to you. Uh, the last time we talked, the schedule had just come out and we went over mandatory minicamp, which, you know, there were some highs and lows there. But again, in the grand scheme of things, here we are four weeks later and uh, there haven't been nearly as many developments as you know, you could have asked for. So safe to say it's a slow time. But as the title of this show indicates, it has been fairly busy for the rest of Tampa Bay as the Tampa Bay Lightning have won their second straight Stanley Cup. So while the Bucks have not had a whole lot going on, the Lightning are carrying the torch, keeping Tampa Bay on the map, and they keep Stanley in the Bay for the second year in a row. They beat Montreal 4-1 to in that series. And I got to tell you, not just for the Lightning, not just for the Bucks, but for the entire city of Tampa, I can't remember the last time that expectations were this high for just all of the sports here. It, it is a uh, it is a fever down here in Tampa, and no doubt it's contagious, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty cool when you know these these types of circumstances always seem to line up every now and then. It's it's rare have really your your major sports teams all competitive at once but not just competitive but like championship level and like winning yeah. championships um it's it's not that you know necessarily you know that obviously the rays didn't win but they got there right um the bucks won and then the rays just went back to back you know how hard it is to win back to back championships like you know and that's why like yeah the bucks are gonna try but it's it's difficult to win back-to-back titles and uh the lightning did it let's see if the bucks can do it let's see how the Rays season turns out i think the rays will you know they'll be in the playoffs so who knows what happens there um it's it, it is quite amazing the the turnaround kind of you look at you know detroit in the late 90s uh you always look at boston all those years with the red sox the bruins uh the patriots and stuff and uh, I mean, and, and the Celtics, they want a title or two there as well. But um, yeah, to Tampa right now seems to be the, the place to be. And you while, know, while I, I can't I can't speak on how the city actually is feeling right now, because obviously I'm not there, but seems to be the best vibes. So. <laughs> and the way that 
you know, the history records show this is this is a proven fact. This isn't, you know, just sports fans getting really excited here. It goes to show that wherever Tom Brady plays, there is typically an influx of uh, of sports success. So I don't know, you know, if we can chalk it up 100 percent to the Brady effect. Things for the lightning coming together at just the right time. What a way to bounce back from that first round sweep that they had just a couple of years ago to go out and win the whole damn thing two times in a row. Does it have anything to do with Brady in Tampa? I don't know. Listen, I I, 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 I don't know. But I mean, but, well, Tom Brady wasn't in town. The Lightning got swept, and he came to town. The Lightning haven't lost the playoff series since. So. Yeah, but the million dollar question then becomes, you know, how does all of this success for all these other teams? How does it relate to the Bucks? Because when we look at the success of Tampa, it's not just one team; it's every team, like you had mentioned, that's competitive at one time. So with the Lightning getting it done, obviously the Bucks were able to get it done in historical fashion, the first ever home team in a Super Bowl, and that's pretty great. But obviously with a team that just got better, you just brought everybody back, expectations are higher than they have probably ever been for any Bucks football team ever. What kind of pressure does that put on Tampa Bay, uh, the football team? If any, like, is it is it kind of, you know, kind of dumb to talk about something like that, putting pressure on another team to do better? Or is it, you know, a legitimate thing where a city has a couple of successful runs and it, it starts to be a contagious feeling and spreads around to these other teams? I think there is a pressure there. I, I think it's more of like a friendly pressure. kind. Right. Yeah. Nobody's like going to burn the stadium you know? down if they don't win the Super yeah. Bowl. Yeah, but I mean, well, they might if they go like four and thirteen or something, oh, yeah, and they completely miss the playoffs. But um, yeah, I mean, neither team. It's almost like yeah, the Lightning. Like the uh, the pressure was on the Lightning. Well, the Lightning won the won the cup, and then the pressure wasn't really on the Bucks that much. Everybody was like, "Oh, can the Bucks do it?" You know, the pressure was a little bit on the Rays, but not really. But then the Bucks won the Super Bowl. And everybody said, okay, well, can the Lightning go back-to-back? Back? The Lightning went back-to-back. Back. So now it's, the pressure has shifted back to the Bucks essentially. And now the Bucks are like, okay, well, they went back-to-back, back, so now we got to go back-to-back. Back. So there is a little bit of, a, of an internal pressure there, I'm sure, to do it. Um, you know, especially the circumstances. You know, the Lightning now, they were able to win in Tampa. The Bucks won in Tampa. Uh, you know, three boat parades in less than a year now. Right? Oh, so, hell yeah, buddy. You know, I mean, it's, you know, you could be looking at within a year span, you're having four or potentially five, what happens with the Rays, you know, boat parades. And um, that, that that's pretty incredible. And you don't, it, yeah, it's not going to be the end of the world. Only one team wins a championship at the end of the day, right? There's, thir- there's 30, 31, 32 teams in each league, whatever. Only one team's coming out on top, right? And not every year that can be your team. It just can't. So... Yeah, if the, if the Bucks don't win the Super Bowl, it's not a failure. But the Bucks also, you don't want to be the team that ends the 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 good vibes. You right. Know? Everybody's oh, we'll just winning. And I mean, Tampa people, like imagine just starting to get into sports right now in Tampa. You are so spoiled. You are so <laughs> spoiled because the Bucks have been terrible for years. The Lightning were always a team that were just they made the playoffs, but they were never able to really get it done. And then they had the huge embarrassment. Right of being being the President's Trophy winner, and then just first round, not even the, the conference final or Stanley Cup final. First round, they got swept. I mean, you know, and then after that, they haven't lost the playoff series. So just imagine starting to get into Tampa Bay sports now, like the Rays. The Rays were a team that after they they lost in 2008, go Phils. Uh, after they lost in 2008, 
they they didn't really make it back. And, I mean, they were competitive to some degree, but like, man, they have it spoiled right now. I mean, just to, you know, like I said, so yeah, I mean, Rock813 in the chat says, I'll cry if they get knocked off. I mean, yeah, it's not going to be a great feeling, but at the end of the day, you know, what team's going to end it? Because some, some team, some team's got to end it. Right. And there, there was some years in, like we mentioned Boston and when Tom Brady, it, it's apparent, it's like a chart where wherever Tom Brady lives, it's not where he plays. It's where he lives. Yeah. He's San like, Francisco back in thing. the, uh, yeah, back in the day. They won all them things. Yeah. The Raiders won a few titles back then um, when he was living in California. So, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, at the end of the day, like I said, one team can win a championship. Very fortunate that right now you're in a rare spot and just cherish every minute of it. I know we've said it a bunch about the Super Bowl win, but who knows what could happen? You know, that could be yeah. the Lightning's last cup for 20 years. This could be the Bucks' last Super Bowl for another, you know, 30 years. Who knows? So just cherish these moments because it's it's special and it's rare. Yeah, and, and I mean, when you come to Tampa, you know, outside of town, there's all these signs that say City of Champions that were put there in 04 when the Bucks had their Super Bowl and then the Lightning won their first Stanley Cup in 2004. Tampa Bay Storm had won an Arena Bowl, right? So we were riding high. But I cannot remember the last time that this championship mentality has really lifted an entire city like it has Tampa this past you know year and a half, I guess, since Brady came to town. But um, to get a nickname like Champa Bay, obviously you have to... You have to play up to some pretty high standards, and safe to say those standards and expectations are at an all-time high for every single team in the Bay Area. Of course, the Lightning celebrating their second straight Stanley Cup victory. Hell yeah, man. How about Pat Maroon getting done three times in a row? Three. Once with St. Louis, yeah. twice with Tampa Bay. The Big Rig is probably my favorite highlight from all of these uh, all of these Stanley Cup parties, man. He's quite a character. Pretty good, cool, and uh, he scored that big goal. And I know the the Lightning lost the game, but he scored that big goal in Game Four. Um, oh yeah. So yeah, he's he's a he's a fun player. Um, I know, like a lot of people are gonna be like, "Oh, you're well, you're a Flyers fan, but so how well do you know the Lightning?" Look, I follow hockey. Like I'm just, <laughs> you know, I I played hockey, I, I followed hockey, so like I I know a good, and especially with the Lightning. Like so, because, as far as you know, honestly. As far as like your personal interest goes and, and where you rank, how closely you follow them, would you put – I know football's your number one, but number two, would it be hockey or baseball? Because I know those are pretty close. Hockey. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, baseball yeah. number three or basketball three? Ba- basketball three. There you go. Yeah. Ba- ba- basketball three, but like with basketball and like hockey, I can watch two teams that aren't the Flyers play. Like I, I can watch two teams that aren't – like I – like I watched a lot of the playoffs and the Flyers weren't in them, but like basketball and baseball, if the Phillies or Sixers aren't in it, I struggle to watch it a little bit. Um, like I'll, I'll have it, especially baseball, like baseball. If the Phillies aren't playing, I probably won't be watching uh, unless like something like unreal is happening or something. Um, but, but basketball, like I've watched a little bit of the finals uh, with how the Sixers season ended. I'm like over basketball right yeah. now. Like I need a break from basketball, but um, yeah, I, got, I would say I would say it goes it goes football, hockey, football, hockey, basketball, baseball for me. But I mean, they're all 
the the gap between football and hockey's eh, it, it's it's closer than some would expect right but then there, there's a little bit of a gap between hockey and basketball yeah I follow basketball. I don't watch it. I, I like following a lot of the storylines. You know what I mean? Some of the teams that are coming together the way that they have. I remember watching Phoenix have that incredible run in the bubble last year where they didn't lose a damn game. And uh, the timing of everything happening this year. You got a Suns and Bucks finals. I know we mentioned it here on the show before, but a little while ago, we had a good member of the Bucks family, Russ Jack. Russell Jackson passed away. Oh, it was, it was, it was, yeah, well, technically, okay, yeah. Bucks, Bucks and and yeah, Russ he was a diehard Bucks fan who got to see his team win a Super Bowl for the first time in close to 20 years and we're he was talking, a diehard yeah, Tampa Bay Bucks right there we're yes. talking about the Tampa Bay Bucks right yeah there. I'm sorry but our buddy Russ is a diehard Bucks fan he got to see his team win a title he unfortunately passed away but if the Suns can get it done man that's just you know the sports movies they kind of write themselves with stuff like that but I'm really pulling for yeah. the Suns because I know Russ was a very big fan we got a question here in the chat from our guy Steve G, and it has to do with those fans that we talked about earlier here in Champa Bay. Question for you both. Do the Brady bandwagon fans that have come over to support the Bucks because of you piss you off, or are they welcome? Uh, I think we've said this before, but I'll say it again. Tampa Bay Buccaneer season tickets sold out in five minutes. Uh, the announcement of Tom Brady to Tampa last year before COVID shut games down, season tickets were sold out for the first time in a very, very long time. So while they might be annoying to some, at the end of the day, if I have more Bucks fans in the stadium than I do visiting fans, that's where it's important. And the fact that season tickets sold out this year, I have a feeling the split between Tampa fans... Brady fans and any other visiting fan is going to be a lot smaller than it ever has been. Absolutely. So uh, I will welcome them and I will appreciate their service while they are here because as long as Ray J is rocking and the Bucks are winning games, uh, they are more than welcome in my book. Especially because I don't know anybody else who's going to shell out that kind of money for the ticket prices that they're driving up now. Yeah, I mean, like everybody says, Brady bandwagon fans. Okay, like let's say you are a Brady bandwagon fan. Who are you going to be rooting for then? You're right. going to be rooting for the Bucks. They're going to be like wearing Buck stuff, be... if not a, a Brady yeah. Pats jersey. But you'll see a lot more Buck stuff there. Yeah, like even if they're wearing a, a Brady, you know, a Brady jersey, it's a Brady Bucks jersey. Even if they're wearing a Gronkowski jersey, it's Gronkowski Bucks jersey. It's like they're still like they're cheering on the Bucks now. You know, like you know, and there's some people that literally have not have like said like, oh, I'm out. I'm not a Patriots fan anymore. No week four when the Bucks play the Patriots, or was it? Yeah, I think it's week four. You know, that'll be. You know, they'll be cheering that, for the Bucks. That stadium's going to be cheering louder for Tom than they <laughs> probably will uh, whoever's under center for New England by week four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and, and speaking of which, uh, about real quick to finish up our, our thing about our, our buddy Russ. Um, Russ was, uh, I, I don't believe Rhett said this, Russ was a diehard Bucks fan, but also a huge Suns fan. And yeah, oh yeah. When, when 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 the Lakers had beaten the Warriors uh, to get in a play-in tournament, Russ was really excited um, to watch the the Suns play the LeBron and the Lakers. And uh, unfortunately, that the night that the the Lakers beat the Warriors, and it was all set that they were going to play the Bucks, Russ, or I'm sorry, play the Suns, uh, Russ, you know, tragically passed away in his sleep. So we're thinking about you, buddy. Um, you're a diehard listener. We, we know that the support you've given us, uh, you, you and your girlfriend have given us throughout the years. And, uh, 
rooting for the Suns on this one. So hopefully they can they can get it done for you. Um, Nestor says, "What's going on? What I miss? You guys ready to take the season one game at a time?" Yeah, I mean, you know, you always look at the big picture, but let's hope for minimal injuries. Everything else should fall into place. Yeah, injuries are always the thing you can't predict, right? That can if Tom Brady goes down for 10 weeks, the Bucks aren't doing nothing. I yeah. can guarantee it because Kyle Trask or Blaine Gabbard or Ryan Griffin isn't coming in there and winning enough games to win the Super Bowl. You know, like if Tom Brady's out for the year, nobody can predict that, but it, the season's done then. And your season predictions are completely crap. Which, speaking of season predictions, we will be doing the schedule prediction show where we go through each game in depth. It's normally like an hour and a half to two hours. It's a long show. We'll be doing that probably the end of this month, may early August, it'll be before the first preseason game. So be on a lookout for that. Yeah. And exciting thing about this time of year, at least, you know, when you're looking ahead, it is the last month on the calendar without NFL football for at least until February. Um, So that's one thing to get excited about. And then the first preseason game is I believe four weeks from today, if not pretty damn close. So folks, we are almost there. We've spent this entire offseason talking about what a long offseason it's going to be and then eventually how it kind of felt shorter than usual. But here we are. The countdown is on. And as we know, just a couple of weeks away from training camp, that's when our coverage and uh, podcasts are going to start picking up a little bit more. But it's just a good time of year. And, um, <laughs> you know, it's it's getting closer. And before we know it, it's really going to be here. But, yeah, like Evan said, be on the lookout for that season prediction show. That's going to be going on. But between now and training camp, while we are on this podcast now, we've also been putting out some content over on our YouTube channel, a new series we started called Buried Bucks Treasure. It is myself and uh, honorary third member of the show, James Hill, a.k.a. Mr. Bucks Nation. We are searching far and wide around Tampa Bay looking for just old Bucks oddities, antiques, uh, vintage memorabilia, clothes, cards, Whatever it is, red and pewter or orange creamsicle under the sun, we're looking to find it. And uh, it's a new channel we're having a lot of fun with. Episode 4 is going to be dropping tomorrow. Um, new, new, new episodes drop every Friday at 6 p.m. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Every single Friday at 6 p.m. right here on the channel. You can also check out James' channel at Mr. Bucks Nation. So aside from that, let's talk about some updates that have come out of one buck since we last talked to you guys couple of things announced on Tuesday. He announced in a statement that he approved a plan by the Department of the Navy to enlist Kinley in the inactive ready reserve for the duration of his football career. This news coming after his request was initially denied to play in the NFL. This is pretty cool news. I mean, mm-hmm. it, the story of Cameron Kinley, if you are not up to speed, Evan, if you want to kind of tell people about that, it really is a great story. Yeah, so Kinley was he played at the university in uh not university, he said Navy. He he played at <laughs> Navy. Um uh, so he used to say in university. Um and he was a pretty good player there. And I believe he was team captain or one of the captains. Uh and he was, you know, everybody said great things about him. So he goes undrafted and then he signs with the Bucks. And after having a little bit of time with the Bucks, the Navy uh, had denied his request to get out of his uh, the basically almost like the contract that he signed when he joined the Navy. Um, the, the Navy had denied that request. So therefore he wouldn't have been able to participate in any training camp or any type of sign any contract with the Bucks. He wouldn't have been able to. So 
He's a cornerback, and he actually looked pretty good in minicamp. Um, if you want to follow his social media, I forget his exact handle, but just look up Cameron Kinley on Instagram. He posts like a lot of like motivational videos and like tips and stuff. He's a really good, awesome character guy. Yeah, he's got his branding um, uh, down pat. Yeah, he really does. And uh, he was honored with an award, I believe, a few months ago. So he, he's he's definitely the, the type of player you know, that you want in your locker room. Does he make the team? Who knows? But now he's finally being given that chance to, uh, luckily, that they were able to overturn it. And, uh, yeah, it's a good story. And I'm, I'm excited to see see how, how it pans out because it's it's one of those stories that, like, you know, there's always that, that one or two guys in training camp that you, like, you want to see make Team. oh yeah uh now it will be difficult this year because the bucks have like you said they throw everybody back like even ross cockrell who will be you know ross cockrell's put in for you know the fourth corner spot um you know there's not a lot of open spots so it will be difficult for him to make the roster but it, it's going to be fun to see him play uh in in the preseason and, and good luck to him i'm glad that they were able to do this um Basically, the the simple thing is Kinley was basically trying to just push, delay his, his entrance into the Navy, essentially, uh, until his playing career was done. So, and the Navy wouldn't allow it, but now they have. So, he's he is with the Bucks. He will be with the Bucks in training camp, and we'll see if he makes the roster. So, uh, David Cardona is, is back. He said, gentlemen, it's been a while. How was your guys' break? Uh, LOL, always good to see you guys here again. No news is sometimes good news for the Bucks these last two months. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's been some some drama, obviously, in the NFL with the whole Julio Jones thing, and there's still obviously the talks of um, Aaron Rodgers and stuff like that. Uh, you know, the biggest Bucks thing is who was Tom Brady talking about, right? That, yeah. That's that's that's, yeah. that's been the biggest that's been the biggest Bucks story, right? And uh, when when that's your biggest story, it's not not that not too shabby. So yeah, and it's funny too because in New England, you know, I'm sure that for the longest time, or at least throughout the off season, they weren't used to Brady quotes on certain shows being, you know, the top story to come out of the team that month. Tom Brady never would have let loose and referred to some other quarterback in the league as that mother effer. Um, but I wanted to get your thoughts on that. So for anybody who's not caught up, let's talk about that, man. Brady appeared on a talk show for HBO. I forget the name of the show, but it's like a barbershop setting. And it's very casual, laid back. You've got so many different athletes on there. Um, but Brady yeah, was talking about a, a team that kind of stiffed him towards the end of his free agency process. And a lot of people are trying to figure out what team that may be. There's a lot of context clues supporting different arguments. Uh, the two teams that came to mind for myself are either the Raiders or San Francisco. Um, some other people have mentioned some other teams, but as far as the whole situation plays out, it seemed like this team was ready to make a run at Brady, and then right at the end they were just like, no, you know, we're, we're going to stick with our guy. And, and clearly Brady took it personally and – played all the way to the Super Bowl and we know what happened after that but what what team do you think it was do you think it was Derek Carr do you think he was referring to Jimmy G or possibly well I guess this was before Trey Lance was even there but who do you think he was referring to as that mother effer well for one let me just say that was hilarious right like, <laughs> I just, with, the, with, the, with the clip right so basically he says 
there was one team that was interested, and then right at the end, they pulled out. Yeah. And and Brady is just showing on the thing, and he goes, and I'm sitting there thinking, you're sticking with that mother effer. And this is and then, probably the most the most loose Tom Brady interview you could mm-hmm. probably ever find. Yeah. I mean, the cuss words are flying, but it is mm-hmm. quite the laid back environment. Like I thought the Howard Stern interview this time a year ago was loose, but you ain't seen nothing until you check this one out. Yeah. And then, uh, and, yeah, then he basically said like, Oh, you don't want me. I know what that means. So I'm going to F you up because yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's pretty good stuff from Tom. Um, I'm going to, I'm here to throw in another team slash another quarterback name. I think, this was about Ryan Tannehill and the Tennessee Titans. Really? That that's what I think. Uh, I think this was about Ryan Tannehill and the Tennessee Titans. The Titans went to the AFC Championship game the year before that that year, but lost to the Chiefs because Derrick Henry couldn't do it all by himself. Yeah. Tom Brady and Mike Vrabel are very good friends. So if Tom Brady actually now there there is no con- confirmation that he said this to anybody. It's no confirmation that he actually said it, right? More just speaking like, oh, you're sticking with that, you know. But if you were to say that, he's good friends with Mike Vrabel. Like, oh, you're you're sticking with that mother effer. Like, yeah. you're, you're sticking with that guy. I think it could be about Ryan Tannehill and the Tennessee Titans, and I I I really do. It was it was rumored that he was interested in Tennessee because of Vrabel. Um, I know the obvious one is Jimmy G and it very well could be like, I think it very well could be. Um, but like I, I, all the reports I heard is like Jimmy G and him, like they, they like each other. And I think right. they, they, they have the same agent. So like, like that, <laughs> that, that wouldn't be great. Um, but they had, they had the same agent. So I, I think it is about ten, uh, the Tennessee Titans and Ryan Tannehill. And a lot of people take the quote and they kind of take the second half of it where he mentions, you know, oh, I see that and I'm going to go out here and F you up. And then you look at those those hypothetical situations. The only two teams that were on the schedule that were being talked about were the Raiders, who the Bucks played in, uh, what, week six. And week Brady seven. absolutely had a field day. Um, and then the, the, the Saints, because believe it or not, the Saints were also in that discussion. But I don't know if Tom Brady, Tom knowing Brady's, the respect not, that he has for Drew Brees. Yeah, he's he, not yeah. doing that. Yeah, I mean, he know he knew that that arm was out, but he's obviously not going to talk about him like that. But I don't know, jury's still out. We're never going to find out what team it was. People can sit here and guess all day, but that's part of the fun of this time of year, right? Um, David Cardona in the chat says Brady has definitely been much more laid back when it comes to stuff like that. Now that he's joined Tampa, I feel like he has had much more flexibility with himself and his personality as a Buccaneer. And I'm all here for it, dude. Tampa Tom is able to talk his shit and back it up because that's really you know what? what he's done. I, that's what I he's done Tom since Brady, he's been here aside from the golf tournaments. Right. I mean, well, he, he, he didn't play bad. He didn't, I don't, I don't <laughs> think he played bad on Tuesday. Aaron Rodgers is a pretty good golfer. Like yeah. he was just putting ridiculous. Um, anyways, I think Tom Brady has been more laid back. I think Gronkowski has been a little bit. Um, what's the word? Kind of little, not as loose. Little, as, kind of uh, like a business Gronk. Yeah, sponsorship kind of, you know, Gronk. Do you do you kind of get that vibe too? I, I think a little Brady's bit. A little bit more laid back, and Gronk's a little less. Maybe it's because he's older now. You know, he has a girlfriend, stuff like that. But it just seems like he's just a little bit more laid. Like, you know, maybe because like, he yeah, knows. Gonna... Maybe because he knows he's playing again. There's a certain level of PR management that you have to play. 
right? Like he can be fun Gronk to a degree, but he, he wants to make sure that he, you know, CYA doesn't say something that's going to get him in trouble or, or cause any sort of ridiculous news stories like people like to do this time right. of year too. So honestly, I think it's just Gronk playing the game of being a pro athlete and trying to kind of, you know, read what media guys are going to dig at you to get a question or a quote that they want to get. And I mean, mm. you know, any player coming from New England is definitely going to know how to play the media game. Tom Brady was great at it for a long time, saying, basically saying more with less. And uh, Gronk ha- had some lessons in that too. So I think he's just playing the game. But let's talk about something mm. else that is on my mind. Some well, development. Hang on. Real, okay. All right. Real, real quick. Because one more name was brought up in the chat by David. And I just want to say, I don't think it was the Chicago Bears. Um, the Bears, it's Chicago. It's horrible weather, right? His two finalists were Tampa and Los Angeles. So, like, it's clear the weather was a factor. He just got done playing in New England, which is another great weather. I don't think he was going to play for Chicago. Plus, Chicago didn't really have the weapons or the – like, their defense is good, but, like, do you really view Chicago like that? Right. I, I don't think so. so. I don't think it was Chicago. Yeah, I, I kind of lean away from Chicago as well. Like I said, the two teams that – the Tannehill situation makes sense the more you think about it because of that Vrabel connection. But I, I still kind of think about the Raiders or even even still maybe San Fran because if he's describing Jimmy G like that and Jimmy G knows their boys, you know, he knows at the end of the day he's just messing around. But – Let's talk about some more news coming out of one buck that is very near and dear to my heart. A cause that we have supported here on the show before. A hill that I am ready to die on, and hopefully I get my way in just a little bit over a year from now. The NFL announced that they have officially changed the helmet rule starting in 2022. NFL teams will be able to change their helmet colors for alternate uniforms, I believe. I don't know the official rule, but... Basically, you'll be able to have like one alternate helmet color, right? Is that what I understand? Yeah, it's, it's 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 not it's not exactly a helmet color. It's one alternate helmet, right? It's a, it's a different it's a different helmet. You're allowed to have. The rule was you're allowed that you you have to carry one helmet the whole year. You have to carry one helmet. That's yeah. your helmet. And the only way the Bucks still could have done a throwback game, technically, but they would have had to paint their current helmets white put all the decals on them, paint the face mask, everything. And then for just for one, one game, one day, Repaint and then they would again. have to paint them back. Yeah. So it just, it wasn't, you know, so, and I mean, any team could have done that, but yes, uh, now they're letting you do two helmets, which is a bummer that that's not going to be this year. Cause I, I thought, I felt pretty strongly that it was going to be this year. Um, but hopefully, you know, it'll be next year and people will be able to see, you know, you got Warren Sapp there with all stop and Brady in the background. People will be able to see. Can you imagine that, dude? Like, imagine me telling you in 2012, like, yeah, this will be the last time the Bucks wear, wear the cream stickles because that was the last game, the last time they had the cream And they won't game. wear them again until like, 2022. Until, well, wait, wait, well, they, they won't wear them again for another 10 years and the quarterback will be Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the the, 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 next, you know, the 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 most recent quarterbacks to wear the cream stickers will be Josh Freeman, and the next one is Tom Brady. Right, and then they'll be you know they'll be less than two years removed from a Super Bowl victory, maybe even one year removed if they go out there and repeat. But um, yeah, for the Tom Brady fans, the good thing about that happening in 2022, it sucks that you got to wait an extra year, but the Bucks already have a verbal commitment from Tom Brady to play for two more years. So this season coming up. 
and then, of course, the season after that. So I think it's pretty much a guarantee that you're going to see TB12 in the creamsicle at least once before he decides to hang up the cleats. And I'm just, I'm pumped, dude. I've been looking for more and more creamsicle gear. I'm starting to wrap it a little heavier. Like, and I don't know why it gets so much hate. If you guys are in the chat, I want to know your two cents on the creamsicles. Are you excited about them coming back? Or did, or are you, you know, do you want them to stick with the pewter? Those things were like, when I was younger, I did not like them. Uh, I hated the color scheme. I didn't like the orange and white. And then as I got older, maybe it's just a refined taste, but something about it just screams Tampa. And uh, I have fallen in love with them ever since I made the switch. And I'm so excited to see them, at least for one Sunday out of the year now. Yeah, they're they're fine. As as, as a throwback thing, they're, they're fine. I think a lot of people on my the Instagram, when I posted that the creamsicles were returning, a lot of people, I think, took that as the bucks are changing back to the creamsicles. Right, I don't know why people and assume that, that's, that's the case. Yeah, that's that. no, no, that's not what we're saying, okay? I don't even know, like, I don't even think anything's going to happen with the pewter jersey. I think the pewter jersey will still be able to be used. It's just once a year they'll they'll wear the cream symbols. And yeah, it's it's cool. Like it's I think a lot of people, a lot of your older Bucks fans, yeah, will be like, "Well, I associate that with Owen 26 and all I do when you see that, all you think and it's a valid point. When you see that, all you think of is losing. Yeah. It'll be basically like what Bucks fans look at, and they're reminded of with the with the alarm clock numbers. They'll be reminded of Lovey Smith and Jameis Winston and Roberto Aguayo and all the kickers and and stuff like that. That's what you'll be reminded of. Oh, well, I see the creamsicle. All that reminds me of is how horrible they were for years and years and years right. while wearing those jerseys. Um, because they're bright, they're hard to forget. So when you're so bad for so long in that look naturally people are always going to associate it with losing and yeah. it's a, it's, I mean, it's I, a I tough identity to break mm-hmm. yeah it, I, I look at those two jerseys you have right there sap and all and like the difference in those jerseys i think the bucks just hit a home run when they switched like when they switched from the cream sickle to like the red like oh yeah i just think it's just it's so much cleaner and, and stuff and um, it says yeah, Buccaneer it, be, a nice lot better it, than the creamsicle. Yeah, it does. It does. Um, maybe like for like an '80s look, the creamsicle wasn't bad, but like modern day, yeah. If, if the Bucks are wearing those jerseys every single game, the modern day, yeah, I think people would be getting sick of them. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, but it, it is nice to have it as just the throwback where you get one game, you haven't had it for ten years. Just you know, yeah, it'll be it'll be exciting to see. Oh yeah. As far as the public opinion goes, let's check in with the live chat. David Cardona says the creamsicles will always be a very fun throwback, mainly because it's so different than any other throwbacks. It's also a great reminder of the past and how far this organization has come. Rock813 says the creamsicle is not good. It's all about the pewter. Zeeshawn says I wish they could wear the creamsicles more often than just come 2022, not just a singular game. So he wants multiple home games. And I will say it would be pretty cool if you got... Uh, like a creamsicle on the road game. I know people don't remember those Ooh, white they wear jerseys. The whites? Yeah. yeah. I, I know people don't remember those as fondly as, you know, the orange jersey at home. But, it, you know, same color helmet, it would be kind of cool to see something like that yeah. on the road. I, 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 think it, I think it would be neat to have, like, you know, like, yeah, have, have the Eagles in their Kelly Green jerseys versus the Bucks in their creamsicle. Yeah, jerseys. that'd be great, dude. Yeah. I think that's awesome branding and awesome TV, especially if you want to get some ratings up. Um, Let's see here. 
Ben Leeper says the cream sickles are good, but they will still be only our fourth best uniforms. Rock eight one three says he never liked the cream sickle. Um, then he says he hated the orange and white. I like them. I like them as a throwback every now and again. And as far as like the the away throwbacks go, I don't know if you saw the exception that the NFL is making for San Francisco this year. But they are bringing back some throwback mm-hmm. uniforms from the 90s, and they're going to wear a kit on the road, too. And, like, that's just – that's cool to me. You know what I mean? Setting up a game – like, could you imagine – the one that I picture the most is obviously, like, the Packers is up there with the Buccaneers and the Creamsicle. But I imagine the Falcons in their throwback with the throwback lids, and then you've got the Bucks and the Creamsicle, right? Like, that's just badass to me. Just seeing those old-school colors on the screen. Football used to be – uh a lot brighter, it felt like back in the day. Those uniforms used to pop just a little bit more. Well, Obviously, the uh, yeah, yeah, the color choices. I mean, look at the Oilers, the old Houston uniforms. Those possibly oh coming back need, for Tennessee. I I need the Titans to face the Bucks when they do. I think it's next year. I think it'll be next year. I think. And when they do, I need. Actually, no. I think oh, it's the year after. I need the Bucks to wear their cream sickles, and then for the Titans to be the Oilers. Oh, dude! Cool. It, it with the rule happening, the NFL officially clearing the way for teams to have an alternate helmet. What's what's stopping these teams from doing it? Nothing. Like you, you can nothing. You can wear you can wear the same throwback jersey in a game. Like you, you can the the one team decides to wear a throwback, the other team decides to wear a throwback. There's nothing yeah. that's stopping it. Yeah. No, I think that would be great marketing for the NFL if they wanted to do a throwback weekend and every yeah, team like, wears yeah, their throwback it, it, at the same 80, time. 80s weekend. Right, do the broadcast yeah. all up. Kind of like the WWE, whenever they have old school yeah. SmackDown or old school Raw, just do it up, mm. man. Have That'd Chris Myers up in the booth in like a yellow suit. Mm-hmm. You know, just really we, matching we, the we, 80s. We got to get him on the show and see his, get his thoughts on this. Hell yeah, man. I, I need <laughs> to get some other people's opinion. I, the NFL needs to reach out to me. I'm in between jobs right now, so I'm looking for a uh, marketing position. I'll send my resume out. But uh, NFL, give me a call, man. So we've caught you up on some Buccaneer news. I wanted to talk about one more thing as far as, you know, this Champa Bay identity goes before we start to wrap things up here on the show. Jeremy Fowler and ESPN started their mission to rank players by position groups and form a top 10 list at each to do so, they are using feedback from 50 people inside the league. And I got to tell you, man, the Buccaneers have already been very well represented. Normally, you see these top 10 lists come out this time of year. And the same old argument is, you know, man, this guy's not getting enough respect. He should be on this list. Why isn't this guy on this list? Why is this guy above this every, guy? Every every fan of every team. Why is my guy? Yeah, yeah. why is my guy not on this list? But for... For a lot of Bucks fans, for a lot of years, we've seen these lists and basically had to sweep them under the rug because they did not give these players the respect they deserve. I want to get your thoughts on some of these rankings, man, because a lot of them are surprising. Vita Vea was ranked the ninth best interior defensive line in the league, which I think is more than justifiable. He could probably be a few notches up higher on that list. But Vita Vea, what kind of impact do you think he makes as far as, you know, comparing him to the rest of these D tackles across the league? Well, I, I've not seen the list, so I, I don't know who, who one is. I don't even know who eight is. I can tell I you number one's probably Aaron Donald. No, well, yeah, well, he's not better than Aaron Donald. So, um, I, you know, I would I, – nine's fair, and, and I think with a fully – you got to remember, Vita Vea barely played last year. Exactly, which season. is why it's surprising that he made the top ten. 
Right, right. But like, you know, the people that think, oh, he should be higher. I don't know if he should be higher. I think nine is completely fair. Um, if he stays completely healthy and has another good year, I think if they do this list again next year, you could see him maybe in the top five. Yeah, I think he, he could have that type of impact. But um, I do think Vita, it, it all depends on health, man. He hasn't, you know, he started his career. He got hurt. He barely played in the preseason. Then he had a, you know, he had a solid year. But then this year he had was having a really good year and limited very limited time, but then missed so many games and came back and really made an impact. But those those games missed, man. You gotta play a full season healthy. And and if he does, I think he'll be he'll be considered widely considered uh, probably a top six or or five interior defensive lineman. Now a lot of Bucks fans are gonna like this next ranking, but personally I'm kind of surprised, and I can see why the argument against it is. Uh you know, hold some water, but Levante David and Devin White. Now, this is on Jeremy Fowler's list. He ranked Levante David the number five linebacker in the league, and Devin White is number one overall over Eric Kendricks, over Fred Warner, over Bobby Wagner. Devin White on Jeremy Fowler's list is the number one linebacker in the league. Now, Terrell Davis also put out a position rankings list. He does not have Devin White in his top five, but he does have Levante David at number two behind Bobby Wagner. But Devin White at number one. And Jeremy Fowler is not the only guy who's been saying this these past couple of weeks. Devin White starting to get some recognition by some of these guys is supposedly the best linebacker in the league. Evan, your thoughts? I think he could be. Don't think he is now. Uh, I, I personally wouldn't have Devin White in my top five. I, I would have Levante David in my top five. I think Devin White's in my top 10, probably, but I wouldn't have him in my top five. Uh, I'm surprised that he was one. I think, like I said, I think by the, the end of this season, he could be one. Who knows? I think he could be. But he's played two years. I think the Super Bowl win really helps. <laughs> I, I really do. I, I think that the Super Bowl win, he had an interception in the Super Bowl. He had an interception against Drew Brees in the playoffs. I think that helps uh, his case for this ranking. I have a tough time saying that I I I'm, I like Devin White. I have a tough time li- like sitting there and saying he's the best linebacker. And you know, season. you know that I am a homer. You know, a little way bit more, more way than more than I am. a little way bit more, more than the next guy, and definitely more than you. But on my list, I'm not putting Devin White above Levante David. Now, with that being said. I don't think it's too far of a reach to say that Levante David is the best linebacker in the NFL. Yes. Yes, that's um, not far of a reach. But, yeah, but like I said, on my list, I'm not putting Devin White up there. He might be I, right I, outside the top five for me, but just not number one yet. Yeah, I think, it's to me, he'd be another guy that's in that 8-9 range for me. And um, Ben Leeper also just chiming in in the chat says, I actually don't mind Devin White at number one because I'm pretty sure the rankings were based on projections for next year. If he can replicate okay. his play in the playoffs over a full season, he is definitely number one. Okay, I mean, and if it is, that's fine. Like, If it is, you know, that makes more sense. But, yeah, if if those lists were just basically saying who is now, I don't believe that Devin White's the best linebacker in football. Well, and I got to tell you that obviously if he can replicate a full season of playing like he did in the playoffs, for sure, he's the best linebacker in the league. But it gets you really excited to think about where he could be next season and where he could be, uh, where he could get better. Um, you know, as far as production goes, I'm not going to go out on a limb and say that he has a better year than Levante David. But with Levante, 
we kind of know what to expect, right? We know mm-hmm. the strengths of his game. We know the weaknesses, even though there's not that many of his game. Yeah. Um, and we kind of know well, what to expect from him. If if anything, some people may be expecting him to slow down a little bit as he yeah. starts to, you know, hit these higher years in his career. But Devin White, he it, it entering his third year in the NFL, it's hard to say anything, but he can only get better from here. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and and I'll, I'll come out and say something. I, I do think that at the end of 2021, uh, the 2021-22 season, it is we are going to view Devin White as better than Levante David. Um, I think just for the reasons you said, Levante David is probably going to be declining soon where Devin White's going to be ascending. Like, that's just simple. And Levante David will still be a darn good football player, like a really good football player. Right, like uh, just because I say he could be declining does not mean he's gonna suck. Yeah, he's gonna be really good, but I just think it's it's more. It's to me, it's it's not as much about Levante David declining as it is about I think Devin White's potential. It seems I had some I had like legitimate concerns about Devin White, you know, coming pre-draft and stuff, and you know, drafting a a Mike linebacker at at five overall, but like. I couldn't deny his potential and it seems like he's starting to live up to that potential. So if he keeps ascending this way, it's, it's going to be a no brainer that Devin White's the best linebacker on the Bucks roster. Absolutely, man. Now, speaking of Buccaneers linebackers, as we kind of wrap up this show here, Derek Brooks, number 55, one of the greatest Buccaneers to ever do it was ranked the number 100 best NFL player of all time by the athletic and now the reason that I'm, you know, bringing up all of these different rankings and all of this is kind of circling back to the point that I made before we started talking about it. It seems like the Buccaneers are under the spotlight a little bit more than usual, and a lot of the players that we love to root for and we love to talk about week in and week out here on the show are finally getting the recognition they deserve. So I'm sure that as more of these lists start to come out from ESPN, Jeremy Fowler, and whoever the hell else is putting out top position list you're going to see some more Buccaneers well-represented. And with a plethora of weapons on both sides of the ball, I'm sure we're going to see these guys talked about quite a bit over the next few weeks. But obviously, that comes with a Super Bowl title. And with Champa Bay being in the spotlight right now, it's just it's what we can expect. But, uh, you know, worth the wait for a lot of people who have been waiting a long time for Tampa to be in the spotlight and talked about like this on a national level. Yeah, and I, I mean, the, the thing that kind of sucks, though, is that, like, Brooks is 100, so... You really can't think there's going to be any other buck. No. Like, yeah. It's, like, Tom, like, Tom Brady will be considered a Patriot slash buck. Will Gronkowski be on there? Maybe. Um, like, Antonio Brown? Maybe. Um, but, like, I don't... Like, other than that, like, Derek Brooks, like... You know, like you, you're not going to tell me that Rondé Barber or John Lynch, Warren Sapp. Maybe somebody thinks Warren Sapp is, but like that's like the only name. So like, I wouldn't I put Sapp know. above Brooks I, on my I, list. I, I, I wouldn't either, but I'm just saying that maybe they do. And uh, but I think that's the only other guy. I don't think you're going to see Rondé Barber. You're not going to see John Lynch. You know, you're not going to see a lot of those guys. So Brooks at 100 is cool, but it's also like, a, eh, like okay, because that means you're not going to be seeing many Bucks players yeah. on this list. Right here at the end of the show, $5 super chat towards hey. the Wendy's fun from our friend Bree D, who is chiming in with a big old champ of bay. Thank you so much for donating to the Wendy's fun, Bree. We appreciate your support. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. 
coming from inside this here household. That's what I was about to say. Yeah, that's grocery money. Or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, 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 she's spending your money. <laughs> Go well, right back to you. Ladies and gentlemen, I think that's just about going to do it for this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us in the live chat. Bree D, Rock813, Ben Leeper, uh, David Cardona, Nestor Cervantes, and everybody else who stopped by and chatted with us. Champa Bay rolls on, and we're very excited to be talking to you guys about it. Make sure you check out the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are the best place to go to follow updates on the show. And, of course, Buccaneer News as it happens. Speaking of Bucks News as it happens, you can check out my co-host on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily. The number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram with uh, a bunch of followers growing every single day between here and the start of the season. You can also follow myself on Instagram and Twitter at Reticus, R-H-E-T-T. AKUS. If you follow me, I will follow you back. If you subscribe to the YouTube channel, we got plenty of great content. Check out that new series that I mentioned earlier in the show, Buried Bucks Treasure with myself and James Hill. New episodes of that dropping every single Friday at 6 p.m. right here on the Cannon Fire Podcast YouTube channel. With that being said, we will talk to you guys relatively soon. So- sooner, sooner than the last one. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you that. It'll be, it'll be sooner than the last one. That's for damn sure. Well, thank you guys so much for checking out this episode. I am your host, Rhett Matthew, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish. We will talk to you guys soon. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast, brought to you by your friends over at betonline.ag. We'll see you next time, and as always, go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.